Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's up, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, including some fun mini-sodes, what called, well, after skate, when we give you guys all the information from morning skate and then practices. So be sure to download that Odyssey app first and foremost. Hit that auto-download button so that you have all brand new episodes of Pucks and Bolts and those mini-sodes just sitting there waiting for you so that you can have all the news revolving around your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you can also stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, returning to the States, getting on a normal sleep schedule, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Kaylee, hi. You're back. We're reunited. We're in the same country again, and I get to see you soon. (laughs) I'm excited. It was lonely uh, without you at the Lightning Games and practices. I had so much FOMO. I know. Well, I you I had FOMO for you and what you were doing. So if anybody wasn't aware, Casey was off gallivanting around Europe and visiting all these beautiful places and eating like croissants and drinking fancy wine and uh, just like living all of our dreams. Um, and if you want to check her out and all of her beautiful travels, go to the sports case. That's where you can find her. Uh, and that is K A S E, uh, Casey, I'm so excited because we have, I mean, this is a good day. Um, we're recapping another lightning win. They're on a three game winning streak right now. So that feels really good. And we are previewing them playing, a pretty interesting contender and mm-hmm. um, a little revisit, uh, which is kind of heartbreaking, but um, super happy for him. Uh, a little visiting to Ryan McDonough, uh, a good old pal from this <laughs> Lightning team. He only played on the Lightning for four and a half, five years. But he made a very big impact, and we're going to definitely yeah. get into that. But, Casey, first we've got to get into the breakout, some news and notes. There mm-hmm. are some injury updates we mentioned the other day. Um, uh, Eric Chernak going down. He was day-to-day with a lower body injury. And like I said the other day, fans, uh, when I did see him walking, he wasn't walking exactly normal, and that was mm-hmm. at Thursday's game. So, mm-hmm. 
uh, not necessarily a great sign there. Um, but um, we do have some good news on defense, and that is that Zach Bogosian, who was out, and he has been out for 17 games uh, yep. with shoulder surgery, that he could play could. in tonight's game. So yes. there's no it today today was an optional morning skate so we don't have too much information about um you know it, it, you can't really like take it as like a a yes or a no if a guy goes right. out with nice this morning because it's all optional they had a, a an intense practice yesterday but knowing that Zach Bogosian can go tonight that has to give a lot of people some pretty big excitement and hope and so pucks and bolts Fans, as you guys get ready to watch this game later tonight, just be sure to follow Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Follow me, Kaylee Mizell, and Casey, who I already said is at the sports case. We'll give you guys updates on whether Zach Bogosian is a go or not. Um, but aside from Zach Bogosian, there are going to be some guys who are still out, Casey. Um, there is a breaking news update to you, Kaylee. I don't know if it's breaking news, but there's a quick little update. Yeah, uh, okay. Perfect is on the ice right now skating with the with his teammates in a regular jersey. Okay, that's that was a big question. We literally <laughs> were just talking about this before we hit record because Nick Perbex was they they said yesterday that he probably would not be available today. Mm -hmm. However, interestingly enough, he was <laughs> left off of the injury report this morning in the game notes. So I had a sneaky suspicion that he yes, would be did. available. Uh, my spider senses were tingling because <laughs> I brought it up. I said, Nick Perfect. Like, this doesn't not seem right. On, he's not on the injury list. That means he's a go. He can go. Yep. Uh, it is so good to hear that uh, that he's out there in a normal jersey and skating this morning in Nashville. So that means that he is hopefully a go. I think that he just got a little bit banged up. Uh, John Cooper said after the game on Thursday night that um, that they didn't think it was anything overly serious, but they wanted to take him out just as precaution. So they did leave him out of practice yesterday, and they were a little bit concerned yesterday at practice whether he would play today. But it seems like he might be a go, uh, according to both the game notes and Twitter, <laughs> that is saying that he is out on the ice right now in Nashville. Thank you so much for that breaking news, Casey. You're like on it. <laughs> if I can multitask anything while you're breaking down the information, that's, <laughs> that's the least I could do on this day. That feels like a win to me with uh, these low eyelids and this wicked sleep schedule. Um, also, Footy is on the ice wearing a regular jersey. No more, uh, no more red contact, no jersey, or no contact red jersey. See you guys, words. Words, that sentences, and phrases today. <laughs> super great information. Super great information. And, and you're finding it again here on Pucks and Bolts. Um, Casey, uh, aside from some of those injury updates and whatnot, I guess the biggest piece of news is um, – I, I, you know, we have to take a little bit of a moment to talk about Hockey Fights Cancer and the month mm -hmm. that they have. So on Thursday, it was the Lightning's Hockey Fight Cancer Night. Everybody came out in their their purple jerseys and um, sticks. They had just beautiful tributes to um, so many people and so many people who are, you know, fighting in their battle against cancer mm -hmm. right now. And people who have won that battle um, and who have have 
you know, beautifully fought. Um, and so it was really, really cool and really special. And then tonight actually is uh, the Predators celebrating Hockey Fight Cancer. So um, mm -hmm. either way, no matter who wins the game, there is there is still a, a lot of beauty in these games whenever Absolutely. you have everybody from the NHL, everybody from the teams coming together for one cause and for one kind of alignment, knowing that the game is bigger than them. Um, and Casey, I know that this is uh, something that is personal to you. So I didn't know if you wanted to, to share, have some, you know, a little bit of space to honor your loved ones in, in this yeah. time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know I, the whole time. So Kaylee and I were at practice like a week and a half ago and Kaylee's like, I think, Hawker, I mean, hockey fights cancer night is coming up while you're gone. And I'm like, no, that's my favorite night. I look forward to it every single year. Um, and what was really cool about the space that, that, the NHL as well as the lightning give with the hockey fights cancer night, uh, across the league is that for some people who don't really talk about it, the, that little chance to just write that person's name on there and just know who you're fighting for. And to kind of feel like you have the support system of, thousands of people behind you without overly going into the vulnerability of it. That was really a cool experience for me. And I got that for the first time about four or five years ago. So typically I always write in my stepdad, Delaware Lofton. Um, he unfortunately did not win his battle versus pancreatic cancer, but me and my sisters got to be there and make it as comfortable for him as possible. And it's a nice little moment to remember him in uh, every time I'm in that arena. And I just feel so much love and support able to kind of reflect on those memories. Um, my stepdad was probably one of the most important people in my life and a huge, huge part of a lot of who I am today. So didn't get a chance to be there at the arena and, and be in the ambiance of such a honorable time and moment and stuff, but I still got to write my little thing and screenshot it on my phone to have a piece of me back home here with the game. So always excited about that, but I'm glad you mentioned it, Kaylee, because regardless of what happens in this league, there's so many moments, there's so many honorable games where the league as a whole just becomes one team um, for one cause, one purpose. And that's just to always, always put the community and, and, you know, people that are putting up bigger battles first. So it's, it's the big battle first and the small battles in between in these, in these games, which I absolutely love about this sport and the NHL. Um, but speaking of battles and all of our exciting updates and things to look forward to before we look ahead, we've got to take a little glance in the rear view mirror mm -hmm. and uh, talk about an, an interesting four, one win for the bolts, three straight wins at home, as Kaylee mentioned and versus Calgary, Kaylee and I broke down this game wow. in the last Pucks and bolts episode, not really knowing which way this game was going to lean. There was options because this is a high scoring, high shooting team. Uh, there there's key players on there that Kaylee and I broke down. That could have been a big, big problem for these bolts to contain. And they managed, they, um, Kaylee, I can't wait to hear more of the insight that you have and like the perspective you got from being in the arena. But the first thing that stood out to me was their mental, their mental game management, um, which is something that we will dive further into a little later segment, but their mental game management versus the Calgary flames is what stood out to me the most. As I went back and looked over game notes and, and stats and watched the highlights from the games and stuff, but how was the atmosphere there, Kaylee? How was it like having Blake Coleman back? It was a really cool atmosphere. Um, like I said, you know, because of the fact that it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night, um, just everybody going into it, just, it, you know, there's just a lot of love and 
understanding in that game and in the arena because uh, because of how big of a deal that night is. Um, so just a cool atmosphere overall, but really exciting to see both uh, the Lightning facing off against the Flames, a team that they don't really see all that often. And Blake Coleman, there was one time where Blake Coleman got like a little feisty with some of his former teammates, which I thought was kind of interesting and and a little bit funny. Um, and it's interesting that you note the mental game, Casey, because I think the one thing that was most interesting to me was how the defense played, um, especially after Nick Perbix got out of the game. The defense played phenomenal. They they were really, really powerful. And so I asked, we got to talk to Mikhail Sergachev after the game, Nick Perbix and John Cooper. Um, we also talked to Steven Stamko. So I'll give you guys all updates on a little bit about what all of them said, but Casey, um, I was just saying like the defense in this game was fantastic and mm -hmm. you wouldn't think so from necessarily like looking at the stats. However, whenever you look a little bit closer, the, the flames got off a lot of mm -hmm. shots. They had a lot, a high quantity of shots, Massive. but when you look at the quality of those shots, they were not that good. The quality mm -hmm. was not nearly the same amount of quality that the shots that Lightning got off. Um, and I mean, to to prove that, if you if you look at the advanced statistics, the Lightning had a total of eighteen high danger shots. Mm -hmm. The Flames they only had six high danger shots. Casey, so I asked Mikhail Sergachev. Tell me about this. Like, was this the plan going into it to, to really, to not necessarily worry about how many shots they're getting on net, but really mm -hmm. reduce the quality of those shots. It doesn't matter the quantity, but we don't want them to have good quality shots. And he said, yeah. exactly. That was exactly our focus coming into this game, keeping them on the outside, making sure that our goaltender has his eyes protected, that they're not setting up these screens. They're not getting those rebound passes. I mm -hmm. asked John Cooper almost the exact same question. And I said, was this just a, tur a, a, a turning point in terms of execution are the guys mm -hmm. just executing the game plan better or is this a different game plan and he said it was a little bit of both that they did kind of have a game plan going specifically into this game that said you know what Calgary is a high shooting team we're gonna let them shoot but we're not gonna let them shoot where it matters we're not yeah. gonna let them get second chances we're not gonna let them get rebounds and we're going to be much cleaner with our transitions much cleaner in our passes so that Calgary doesn't get these three on ones, these two on ones situations. Mm -hmm. And when you look defensively, that was what they were able to do well. So I know I'm a stats person and I, and I bring stats up a lot, but in this game specifically, you can't necessarily lean on all of the stats because uh -huh. if you're just looking at, Oh, well, how many shots that they had? Well, they, Calgary had 40 shots. Really? I mean, you yeah. look at the second period, Calgary had 16 shots. The Lightning only had six, yep. but they made those shots count and they pulled Calgary to the outside. It, and it's something that I expect them to continue to build on top of. The other thing I'll mention defensive, defensively, Casey, that was really, really good for this team was after Nick Perbix went out, mm -hmm. they only had five defensemen and they played a very, very sound game. Um, 
super crucial. It was, it was really, really crucial for them to do that. You said it. Mm -hmm. Um, and not only that, it's hard. They're having to take on minutes that perfect was getting. And so you're tired. You're, you're a little overwhelmed after a game like that, but they pulled out the win. It was a huge victory. Um, and they have to be feeling pretty confident. I would imagine going into this game against the predators. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you mentioned so many key things that fans should not only, you know, pay attention to from the previous win, but also looking ahead to Nashville, because for one, as you mentioned, statistically, this game, you can't really lean too much into because even Steven Stamkos mentioned after the game, they didn't really attain any sort of game flow, um, kind of touching back to that mental effort that they had. When we talked on the last pucks and bolts episode, uh, we mentioned the fact that they should be the team that scores first. Well, statistically for what counted, they got on the board first, but it was actually, the the flames that scored first and after that it was a great shot uh by luchi i want to say luch i gotta, can't find the description of the name but them opening up the scoring there could have really shaken the bolts out mm-hmm. of their structure and it didn't um and so for them to bounce back recover and not probably do it in the prettiest fashion but then to have your captain who's been alluded to only be a power a power play scorer or put in all these boxes and labels Steven Samco's scoring even strength and doing well with it generates for this team to see your mm-hmm. leader do something like that so to have no game flow statistically that looks different then you also have the fact that, as you mentioned with defense, Kaylee, there was a lot of key things that the defense did a little bit better. Sergey mentioned their gap management. Well, in many practices, we saw how Coach Cooper was having them skate closer together, communicate, talk more, talk louder, um, find ways to stay in sync with one another. And I think the defense started to find a little bit more, um, a little bit more rhythm there in order to do so. Uh, so to be able to bounce back after that first goal that got called back for offsides, then for Stammer to get his team on the board, started to lead a charge, then for them to follow in that momentous swing of things, I think that that all helped keep them in a game um, that could have very much gone a different way, even though they didn't have flow and it wasn't the prettiest situation. I love how you can read these guys' emotions after a game and see how hard they are on themselves, even after they win. Um, looking at Coach Cooper's face and reaction to certain things, even Sergachev. But that was an important win for many reasons. One being how you mentioned the defense, Kaylee. Another one being the fact that Coach Cooper switched a few things up. We also talked about the first line. We've talked immensely about all lines getting involved. The players have mentioned it after practices and after games. Something I found really interesting was the fact that the shift times and the time on ice per line per unit was so different than it's been all season long. The first line typically averages 17 to 20 minutes on ice between Heggs point and Kucherov. They had 14 to 15 minutes. So that was distinctly different from what they've done. And of course in hockey, those extra two, three minutes are pretty significant there. The second line averaged the same thing, 14 to 15 minutes. Uh, Brandon Hagel, who's always been kind of a key asset over the last three and a half weeks for sure, had 15 minutes and 42 seconds on ice. Last time you look at his ice time, it was like six or no, 18 tops, almost 19. And then Mikhail Sergachev, who's been leading the defenseman with time on ice, was actually the third defenseman with time on ice. So you can see that Coach Cooper had the shifts being very quick and having the turnaround happen quickly so that nobody got too consistent. Um, The other team couldn't really adjust to what the bolts were producing there. And whether they had more shots on goal or not, you couldn't really 
uh, cue in on how they were lining up and setting up to get those shots off and to generate, as you said, with quality over quantity. So I found that that whole perception heading into this game and how to manage a team like this, not fast, but high scoring, high volume was really cool. And they can translate a lot of that into the Predators matchup this evening. They they certainly can. And Casey, uh, I'm going to mention just one more point before we move on to that Predators matchup, because I know that we're going to have uh, a few keys and some problematic players that we have to take a look at. But Casey, the Lightning did not win the first time they wore the reverse retro jerseys this year. Last <laughs> night, they wore those retro uh, jerseys again and they kind of redeemed themselves with that win and not only did they redeem the jerseys but also their special teams so yeah. uh calgary was one for three on the power play so the lightning got two penalty kills um in and were able to really stop calgary and those um but i was more impressed with the power play for the lightning the fact that the Lightning were able to go one for two um, on the power play was something that I think was really, really helpful. And the fact that it was Nikita Kucherov. Now, when you watch this game, watching Nikita Kucherov lead up to that goal that he had, you could tell that he was buzzing. In fact, they had uh, they had one of the guys mic'd up. And he's like watching Cooch out there and he's like, oh, he's buzzing right now. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's going right now. And then right after that, Cooch just knocks one in and scores. And you're just ecstatic for him. Cooch afterwards, you know, is skating to the ice and gives one of these numbers to his teammates as, as he's going through. So really, really good to see um, this power play unit really kind of come together. Mikhail Sergachev is huge on this power play. Just the way that he is able to play. He has taken, we've talked about it before. He's taken a lot of minutes on himself this season. Mm -hmm. He's really hard on himself. And so when we asked him after the game, a little bit more about that play setting up um, Nikita Kucherov there, he said, he said, well, I, I'm not going to take too much credit for it because it was kind of a dumb play on my part, but it turned out to be something that was really good. But he was like, honestly, in all honesty, I probably should have played that a little bit better. Um, so it, it was interesting that he, he kind of gave himself a little bit of a hard time, even though Casey, he got the assist and he was yep. there and helped Kucherov score that goal. We all know that Mikhail Sergachev is a guy that is that is really hard on himself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he's a guy that's really stepped up specifically in the absence of Ryan McDonough, who I know that the, the Lightning players are going to be really excited to see. He's very good friends with Zach Bogosian and Pat Maroon. He's developed yep. a really strong Eddie. friendship with, with all of these guys on this team. And so have his kids, um, specifically awesome. his oldest daughter, Fallon. She's still pen pals with uh, some of the Lightning teammates, uh, specifically uh, Zach Bogosian's um kid they're they're pen pals they used to play on the same little league team together and Casey it, as you you kind of figure out who you're going to pick for a cherry picker I'm going to mention my pick for cherry picker um and it is going to be Nikita Kucherov um because I said that I wanted this first line to step up 
uh, after their last performance. And I think that they did. I think that Nikita Kucherov was able to step up. He was able to go out there and perform well. He had uh, two two goals in this game. Um, and one of them was an empty net or one of them was the power play goal. So Nikita Kucherov, he's going to be my cherry picker. Uh, I think that he did a great job. So Nikita Kucherov, Casey, is who I picked. But let me know, who is your cherry picker in this game? Um, I have to go with Mikhail Sergachev because of half of the things that you just mentioned and the mere fact that he just keeps building on his performances game by game by game by game. I mean, he was a crucial conductor in this previous win yet again. Um, between assists, even though he didn't have the highest time on ice, he made every bit of his time on the ice count. Um, assists on two out of three goals. Sergey Reed stammered to the pass to Kudrop on the power play. He's helping getting that power play more consistent. And you can tell because they haven't been shuffling too much back and forth between trying to continuously put Victor Hedman back on that top line. They're establishing so much trust in Mikhail Sergachev. So while Sergey has been uh, my cherry picker before, it's just so hard not to choose him again because when you look statistically at what he did and how he contributed and helped set his team up for success in this specific game that could have gone in a completely different direction, I just have to give so much um, adoration and respect for Mikhail Sergachev. And like you said, he's so hard on himself. Uh, he just loves to figure out a way to beat out his better performances and his better games. And he's doing that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him as a, as a key conductor yet again tonight versus the predators. Uh, yeah. Mikhail Sergachev, he really is a guy that is stepping up. So now finally, I know I, I jumped the gun a little bit. I got excited about talking about Ryan McDonough, but uh, going into our storm surge, the lightning are taking mm -hmm. on Nashville tonight fans. And so this is what you guys need to look out for. Casey, let's start with our problematic players. And I'm going to start with a guy that we are all very, very familiar with. And that is Ryan McDonough. He's not a guy mm -hmm. that's going to necessarily push up into the offense, but he's a very, very sound defensive guy. He's very structured. And this is going to be a, a very good defensive team that the Lightning are going to take on. And they, yeah. they've taken on some really high-scoring teams of late, but taking on a, a really good defensive team is, is going to be a little bit different. This, mm -hmm. this Predators team, um, they're, they're coming into this game having won their last three, but they're only eight and nine on the season, and they want to be doing a lot better. They're five, four, and oh at home. Um, and this is a team that they they really don't, you know, whenever you look kind of like on paper, they're not a big scoring team. And so what they do well is they try to defend their guys, you know, the team that they're playing from getting too many goals because mm -hmm. they're only going to put up an average, you know, their average right now is 2.8 goals per game. So they're not putting up the same amount of goals that the lightning are the lightning average 3.4 goals per game. So they're, they're just a little bit more defensively stout. So Ryan McDonough is a guy for me that you're going to have to know how to work around him and maybe see if you can get him out of his structure. Because like I said, he's a very structured player. If you can get him out of his structure, then you're going to have a little bit more of a chance and opportunity to get at their goal and, and really make your offense count. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then kind of sticking to defense for a second, you have Roman Yossi who's leading in the assist column for these guys. And he's got 
uh, 68 attempted shots here. So he's somebody who, as a defensive player, likes to get involved offensively, likes to try to put hooks on net there. And while you mentioned the key thing, this is not a high-scoring team, high-volume team. They do defend way more. These are those shots that will sneak in on you, kind of like Meyer's shot did from the blue line mm -hmm. versus Calgary on Thursday. So he's a big one to point out. Um, I feel like it's an obvious one to say Philip Forsberg because he leads the team with goals and then 11 assists, 17 points. Their top six players over at Nashville are all in the negative column by five or more. So that alone tells you how much easier it is to get and keep this team on their heels over and over and over again. But the most important guy, I'm not going to make Forsberg mine, um, aside from saying Roman Yossi, it's going to be uh, Mikhail Grunland. 12 assists, 13 points, six points in his last eight games. This team is convinced that he is a going to start finding a hot streak here and he's going to continue to help distribute the puck to set his team up for the ultimate success. The guys feel like they're starting to build a lot more chemistry around him. He's starting to get stronger reads on players and the guys that he's on the line with the first and third line in, on this Nashville team are the most problematic lines. So those are my top two guys, but we would be remiss, Kaylee and I, to never mention those people that are going to stir up the most issues when it comes to the physicality, and it is Matt Duchesne, who has 22 minutes in the penalty box already so far this season. He loves to try to get under people's skin. He loves to be irritable, and he loves to try to get teams out of their structure. So if they're already playing so defensively, and then you've got a gnat in your ear who tries to get you flustered and to feed into fighting and stuff, um, he can cause up some issues and cause a lack of structure for this team that's starting to find more of a rhythm, more of a structure. And that consistency in the lines that Coach Cooper did on Thursday, I would love to see uh, again tonight versus the Predators. So, Kaylee, you mentioned some really good things as you were talking about Ryan McDonough. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's time for you to give us your uh, Kaylee's corner. Let us know in general as a whole what we should be looking out for tonight's matchup. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to keep it simple for this Kaylee's corner. The reality is, is Steven Stamkos is starting to, you know, you go back and forth between having an edge and then, ha and, and, and having maybe not as much of an edge, you know, the ebb and flow of scoring. Steven Stamkos is the all time point leader versus Nashville for this lightning team. He has 29 points. That's 15 goals and 14 assists and 22 games played. So. Steven Stamkos knows Ryan McDonough very well. And I think Steven Stamkos, I, I think that this is going to be a game where they're not going to be overly in the penalty box. I don't imagine either team is going to really push too much on that. I wouldn't rely on special teams if you're the Lightning to, to really save you. So mm -hmm. what do you have to do? You have to get into a really good flow, even strength. Steven Stamkos, I think that he is going to be the guy tonight for the Lightning. So the second line, and specifically Stammer, I think he's going to really help this Lightning team shine and really get going for this Bolts crew. Um, and and I'll throw another guy out there for you. Uh, it, it, it's kind of almost like I'm I'm almost doing a reversal. Problematic players for the Lightning that that you know I, I'm watching out for. Tonight, I think again, this second line is going to do something, but I really like the way that the third line is gelling with Colton and Perry and, and mm -hmm. that look there. So I also think that the third line is going to get involved in some action because we've talked about it before. All lines have to get involved for this team yep. to be successful and to have success. So 
I think that somebody on the third line, maybe it'll be Colton, maybe it'll be Perry. Um, and, but I think somebody on the third line is going to, is going to find themselves in a situation tonight where they're going to get some action. Um, so that's my corner kind of looking out, looking after those guys, the second and third lines, um, for this bolts team, I think that they can do some real damage. And I think that because of the way that they play, they might have more success against, uh, this Nashville defensive team, you know, than than maybe that top line, although the top line, they're always good. But if the top line doesn't produce as much tonight, I think it'll be fine as long as that second and third line kind of pick up the slack for them. Yeah, which um, you mentioned so many great keys, which takes me to uh, Casey's keys and really agreeing with everything that you just said there. Um, they need more lines involved. But first and foremost, my first key is load up in the shot column. They need to spend as much time trying to get shots on goal, especially going against a solid defensive team that spends so much time in their D zone. And they need to make quick decisions and have clean passing lanes in order to execute. So loading up in the shot column is going to dwindle down to clean passing lanes, better execution, big communication, and building off of Thursday's performance. Um, my second key is, Kaylee, you mentioned special teams, but because of some of the numbers that I was seeing between Duchesne and um, Janot and Lozen and Smith, these guys all have well over 22 minutes in the penalty box. So I feel like having four or excuse me, three of them, 22 and up one of them, 18 and up having that many guys that are loading up in the penalty box minutes there. Uh, I feel like they're going to try to fluster them. And I feel like they are going to antagonize them enough to maybe end up in the penalty box. The good news being if they're the antagonist, if they start the fight or if they create the issue, roughing interference, any of the uh, cheeky things that you can do out there on the ice, they're the ones in the box and then bolts end up on the power play. It's when you feed into those issues that both guys might end up in the penalty box and add the time on both ends there. So hopefully they don't feed into it, but that means that if they do end up on a lot of power plays, they have to capitalize tonight. So they can't be one for two. They've got to have that 50% and over when it comes to power play or special team success versus the Predators. And then lastly, I know we talk about this a lot, but a little bit of a different angle here with this team. The third key that I have is winning faceoffs. The Preds rank four in the NHL in faceoff percentage at 53.7%. Among the NHL players who have taken at least 200 faceoffs, Ryan Johansson is second at 64.2%. Um, Johansson has won at least 50% of his faceoffs in a franchise record of 21 consecutive games. So they have a very dangerous faceoff guy there. And what do we talk about when it comes to faceoffs? The more faceoffs you win, the better positioning you put your team in on the ice, which also can create those odd man rushes depending on where the face-off is. And then they also have to be cautious with face-offs because it's not just Ryan Johansson that can cause an issue. It's Colin Sissons in his first NHL. Um, he leads first in the NHL for shorthanded face-offs, one with 36. Shorthanded being a big issue for this team as they have let up. Is it still just five, Kaylee? Right? Shorthanded goals that the Bolts have let yeah. up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as this team is, you know, unfortunately had five, five shorthanded goals scored on them, you know, Colton could be one of those guys on the predators that can add to that column. And they definitely don't want to do that because whenever there's a shorthanded goal involved, that typically takes any sort of momentum and energy away from the Tampa Bay lightning that are doing quite well right now. And in a great building phase. So uh, load up in the shot column, 
if you do end up on a lot of power play opportunities, they need to capitalize over 50% and they have to win face-offs or at least be half and half when it comes to going against one of the top teams in the NHL for face-offs and do not give up any shorthanded opportunities because this team will capitalize on it. And that would be an unfortunate game to come meet and say hello to your friend, Ryan McDonough. You want to say hello and then you want to serve him a humble loss and then you want to yeah, go exactly. back home and then write him about it later. You don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> go there, hand him the game, and then have to talk about it after the fact. So those are those are my keys um, heading into this matchup. Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Nashville Predators at 7 p.m. tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun game to see, Casey. And I do have to mention before we, before we sign off for now, um, again, keep following Pucks and Bolts uh, on Twitter for the latest and greatest action. But the re in addition to, you know, he's your friend, but you know, <laughs> I understand it. This he played in his 800th game on Thursday night. So it's not like tonight is like, you know, Thursday was special, but tonight right. that, it's just number 801. So hand him the loss, say, Hey, <laughs> give him a hug. Uh, maybe go singing on Broadway again, like you guys there did the last go. time, you know, and then uh, and then head out with your head held high, knowing that now you have four wins in a row coming home for Thanksgiving week. And of course, Casey and I will have all of the action for you, even on Thanksgiving week. The Lightning have two home games and we will be there to cover both of them, both in person there. So probably doing some after skates. So be sure to keep your eye out for pucks and bolts. The next two podcasts are going to come up on Tuesday and Saturday. So be sure to follow pucks and bolts, wherever you guys get your podcast. But like I said, we are probably going to have maybe a little extra, a little, uh, a little goodie for you on Monday and Friday. Um, maybe some after skate action as Casey and I will let you know what the bolts are up to as they take on uh, some teams next week. But first off, you know, Casey, we got to keep our eyes in front of us. They're taking on Nashville today. And of course, like I said, you guys will have all of the updates there and at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Uh, be sure to download the Odyssey app because that is the best place to find Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcast. You can find it. But Odyssey is the way to go. Turn on the auto download button. And then anytime we have a new episode, even those after skate episodes, it'll come directly to your phone and so that you can listen and be up to date on what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can follow her at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time. 2400 sports is an Odyssey company.